Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Mr. Kyron Morrison. How are you doing? Good, sir. Joel, all things considered, I'm doing okay. Yeah, let's... Yeah, okay. The, 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 things are pretty shit at the moment, um, but, like, you know, aside from that, yeah, that's that's a, a good way to be, I feel. Things are pretty uncertain, but at least we've got video games, man. We do, yeah, and I don't think we need to dwell on it. You've been over, you've, if you're listening to this, you've you've probably used the internet and you've been over inundated yeah. with information. It's hard, so it's hard not to be. We're we're gonna treat this as like a, a bit of a sanctuary, I think, for you know an hour and a half where you don't have to think about that. And I think a lot <laughs> of people could use something like that right now. Um, so yeah, I think let's not mess around. Let's get straight into hard, it. Yeah, I reckon we get straight into it, Joel. Let's get straight into it, which of course means checking in with the quest log. Mission completed. Quest log. Our quest log is, of course, our what we've been playing segment of the show, where we uh, do a bit of a deep dive on things that we've been playing over the the last week or a couple of weeks in this case. Um, haven't had a chance to listen to your episode with Brendan about Ace Combat yet, but I did see it's getting added to Game Pass, so I might might hold off. Hell and, yes. Uh, uh, I might hold off and actually download that and play it. So, um, because it's something I'm, I'm kind of interested in, especially after hearing, I mean, I expect it from Brendan. That's not a slight against him, but if you know Brendan, like that's, I expect it from it's, Brendan. Ace Combat is very much his wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but then hearing you say that you really, really enjoyed it as well. I'm, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, it's definitely piqued my interest yeah. on the fact I, it's on Game Pass might as well. I'm only, I'm only slightly bitter that this game's like la- pointing and laughing at my face is continuing. Because yep. as I was talking about with Brendan last week, I much desired it. So I bought it when we were all on Ballarat. And then like the week late after, I was like, hey, Sony's big in Japan sale, uh, half price on Ace Combat. I'm like, it's fine. I don't mind that yep. much. And now Microsoft's just like, uh, what about if on Game Pass? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> what about if zero money? Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. like if you have an Xbox and you're like even mildly... Sorry, excuse me. I'm uh, mildly curious about if you listened to our episode last week, then yeah, try it out. It's I had a blast with it. Some minor frustrations aside, it was fun. I'm 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 curious killer to see soundtrack. Gonna... Yeah, okay, cool. I'm curious to see if it's going to come to um PC Game Pass because I might even check it out on PC and see how that is. I'm not even sure if it's on PC, honestly. It is. Yeah, no, I did research oh, last is? night when I saw it was coming okay. to Game Pass. It, I'm pretty sure it's on it's on PC as well. So, um. Yeah, so if it does come to PC Game Pass, I mean, if it doesn't, I'll still play it on Xbox. But, um, but you mentioned, uh, oh, well, actually, no, that's not a good segue. That's <laughs> a surprise for later on. Uh, I've been playing something this week that uh, literally got brought to my attention the day before it came out, um, and I held off buying it, and then it sort of turned out for the best, which I'll go into in a minute. But uh, I've been playing a game called Round Guard uh, by oh, who's it by again? Oh, terrible, terrible person. Uh, Wonderbelly Games. You should have a wiki open and ready. <laughs> there is no wiki for it, unfortunately. Oh, so Joel, I have there a you go. But now's your chance. Open. Yeah, oh, I should write one for it, yeah. Wikipedia curator, Joel McDonald. It's not like I've got much else to do, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> Video games! <laughs> Video games. Uh, yeah, so Roundguard is... All right, the basic pitch for it, which is this article I've got up, is the article that I read first that just popped up on my Facebook feed. And I was like, ooh, this is a sign. Uh, and it's basically, uh, Round Guard is a fantasy RPG powered by Peggle. And that's pretty much it. It is a uh, RPG roguelike 
uh, set in a fantasy-esque world uh, using pachinko-style gameplay a la Peggle. Um, and considering we haven't had a, a like a decent Peggle game that wasn't a mobile game for since Peggle 2, um, which is, Man. I don't even know how long ago. Um, that is That is at least like Xbox 360, isn't it? Yeah, I think is so. That Peggle two, like thirty sixty. I'm pretty sure. I've because Peggle two. I know I bought it on PS4 on oh, sale once. My God, <laughs> um, but it was early on. So, yeah, it's been a while uh, since we've uh, since we've had some sort of Peggle Jeez. gameplay. I think uh, that wasn't a mobile game because there's Peggle Blast and stuff like that as well. But um, yeah, so I was like, cool, I'll check this out. Um, it was uh, the, the article was like, hey, it's coming to Switch. I'm like, cool, I'll check it out. I was going to get it on Switch. It was 25 bucks, um, and I was like, ah, oh, man, yeah. I, and I just bought, um, I just paid for Animal Crossing so so I could preload that and have it ready to go. Um, Less than three hours at time of recording I, until I wasn't, Desert, Deserted Island Getaway. I wasn't going to say it, but, oh, um, man, yeah, less than three hours. Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, but then I... Slight sort of uh, uh, sidetrack here. I was listening to another podcast called The Besties, which is um, Griffin and Justin McElroy, along with uh, Chris Plant and uh, Rush Frustic from uh, Polygon. It's a podcast they used to do when they were all working for Polygon. Um, and it's been brought back by Spotify as like a weekly podcast. And it's really good. They usually just do a deep dive on one game each week and then sort of talk about maybe games in that genre at the end of it and things like that and answer questions. Um, this week's episode was all about them talking about games that the best games that you've never played that you're not playing right now and like games that come out this year which was really interesting uh, there's some cool stuff in there but uh one of them was a game called uh crossy road castle which uh was a mobile game it's on apple arcade uh and it sounded kind of fun it sounded like crossy road but a 2d platformer and there's just three buttons and i was like okay this sounds pretty cool so i dusted off my old uh, iphone that i is my uh apple arcade machine now um, and jumped into arcade and went to download Crossy Road Castle, but also saw that Round Guard was on Apple Arcade. And I was like, all right, well, that's a gimme. Um, a pleasant surprise, I'm sure. I, it really was. Yeah. I, to be fair, I really like it when stuff like that happens. It happens to me mm. all the time with Game Pass, where I, I will log yeah. on specifically because I'm like, okay, I'm killing this up. Uh, and then I do it. And I'm like, oh shit, I've got to, I've got to queue that up. I've got to queue that up. Yep. Yep, and then I never I have... play any of them because there's so much, too much, too, too many games and so little time, Joel. That happened when I when I de- went to download Jump Force. Um, I downloaded a whole bunch of stuff as well. There's another yeah. game I haven't talked about on the show yet, which I might go back to eventually and bring it. But a game called Downhill Riders or something like that. Downhill, I, I think um, it's called. On the same in the same vein, I when I queued up, uh, what was it before? What did I play before Ori? I don't remember now, but either way, Ooh, I queued yeah. up um, Indivisible and Plague, uh, Plague Tale Innocence, which I, I haven't started Plague yes. Tale yet, but I did start Indivisible, and I will. I think I will go back to it so I can talk yep. about it, because that game is it's fun. Yeah, I, that's, I mean... That's, that's my well. massive sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, Courtesy of yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, down, down, Downhill was really cool, because it's it's basically just a, uh, a roguelike, but a downhill mountain biking game. Um and Simple. I was like, all right, this is fucking ticking boxes for me. But um, but yeah, uh, so I downloaded it on uh, Apple Arcade and played a fair. I've played a fair bit of Round Guard since last week when I I picked it up. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't pick it up on Switch at least at full price. Um, it's a game that doesn't really benefit from having 
like a controller. I mean, some people it might, but I think the touch controls are fine for something like Peggle um, or a Peggle-style game. Uh, but the basic idea is it's a uh, an RPG roguelike using Peggle mechanics. You start, there's three character classes, the warrior, the rogue, or the mage. Uh, they have different abilities and different stats. Um, and you jump into the game and you basically play rounds of Peggle. Uh, the way it works is if once you, there's like enemies apart from like the normal like pegs that you have to try and peg, which are they're called like um, vases or something like that that you smash. Basically, you get you get uh, gold. It's a lot of vases to smash. Yeah, yeah. Link would be just like sweating, um, and he would love he, it. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, so you you basically like play through. And anytime you hit an enemy, you do however much damage your attack power is combined with your weapon. Uh, but they will also attack you back. They have stats of their own, uh, and you lose HP from that. So instead of losing lives like in Peggle, you have a HP bar. Um, and it's it's really neat. Like it's super fun. I finished two runs already, just as the warrior. I haven't really played with the other two classes yet. Um, and yeah, it's kind of fun. The art style. I saw a couple of review early reviews like slamming the art style, saying it's really basic and shit. Um, I think that's incredibly unfair. I, I think it's uh, it's it's cute and fun and necessary for what the game is. Um, it's also got this, uh, which I didn't expect either. It's also got this sort of. Um, theming of it being like a stage show so you start your run and it's like this character that's like oh, oh so, so this. like like super super mario brothers 3 basically um the other the other the comparison which um you haven't played yet but um the, the game we've spoken about the show called dicey dungeons similar thing um it's all on the it's set in the style of a game show very very similar thing um, it's a neat little touch that adds, gives it a little bit of character as well. There's like dialogue and stuff in it. I usually skip, I've started skipping through a lot of it because it's like fairly drawn out. I guess it's probably a, no, a knock against it. I'm like, I'm here to play Peggle and like hit enemy and watch number go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so uh, I was mentioning before about gold. You get gold. The gold basically is like your XP and that'll level you up. You can't spend it on anything or anything like that. But it just adds to your XP meter. When you level up, you get your like your um, health and mana goes up basically because you've got abilities which use mana, um, and it's all the things you would expect to see in like a, an RPG esque game. There's like status effects and like balancing mana and spells, which later on in the game when you're playing through like becomes a non-issue because you just start getting real OP with everything. Um, the warrior has a couple of abilities. He has one that's called a, a like spin attack or something like that, where basically he spins and it will spin through like pots. It'll still break them, but he'll go straight through them. So you can use it to like break into areas to get to other enemies. Um, okay. Uh, and it also does bleed damage, I think, as well. All these have like are upgradable as well. You'll pick up as like um, loot drops at the end of each level, um, and they can be you know have different effects on them. But for the most part, I think it has bleed on it. Um, same with the other one, which is like a rocket punch, basically, which it'll just target the nearest enemy and like launch towards it, um, which is oh, really good. No, <laughs> uh, it's really good for like boss fights because you can if you you get to the point where you're you've your mana's okay and you're not like you've got heaps of it and you're able to like just do like five or six attacks in one shot. Um, it's it's pretty OP, but it's satisfying and fun, and I guess that's what I, I want just, from this game. I just get horrible flashbacks to you and space punch in mass effect when i think about you armed with like any sort of rocket punch ability i just <laughs> i can't deal joel i cannot deal 
This one is a little less wild card. Um, this one sort of, you know, which is fair, but oh man, yeah. Um, that no, that's a fair, that's a fair statement. Statement. Um, the other two that the the warrior can pick up is uh one that basically does can insta kill an enemy when it's nearby. It's like an area of effect thing. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's like a a percentage based thing. Uh, and the last one it has is a oh, what's it called? Gold lust, I think it is. So basically, anytime you hit a gold pot or like vase. Uh, well, so one of the normal things, um, you get a certain amount of HP back. So if for a short period of time. So again, if you can combine with like, say, the spin or the rocket punch to get into an area where there's lots of unbroken pots, you can like activate that, which will last for like five seconds and heal up a whole bunch of stuff as well. Um, there's also the peggle thing of like when it hits the bottom of the, the map, there's like a platform going back and forward. If you land on that, you don't lose any HP. Any more than you've lost from like hitting enemies through the actual stage itself um, and if you miss it you land on spikes and you get, you get dealt damage um but yeah it's really fun if you have apple arcade uh it's definitely worth looking at i think it, it, it's a good like time waster the levels are, it got that um that uh that peggle feel to it where the levels are not very long at all they don't feel drawn out or anything like that you can play one while you're waiting for a bus or something like that um it's a it's a perfect mobile game um i don't know if i'd recommend it for the switch at the price that it's at, which is about $25 Australian at the moment. Um, I don't know if there's much replayability. Like I said, I finished two runs already with the warrior uh, and you get relics that are like I mean, modifiers basically for. So if you, so you're not sure about its replayability. I do think that sort of harms it from the perspective of being a roguelike. I agree. Yep. The whole point of a roguelike is you play it forever, basically like you're, yeah. you have done with many of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Karen, don't judge me. I've gone back to Enter the Gungeon on Switch, and I also I, like downloaded it on Joel, Game Pass. Joel, the Switch sold you out immediately. Oh no! Hey, but you know what didn't sell me out? That I booted it up on Game Pass last night on PC to try it out with a mouse and keyboard. Um, <laughs> mouse. And it's keyboard. my. I think it's my fourth like platform that I've played that game on now. Um, That's it. I'm buying. I'm since you've played that so much, I'm buying you Soma. It's still on special. Oh, I'm pretty damn. sure. So. God damn it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, side note, enter the gungeon with the mouse and keyboard. Pretty good. If don't, I have a common... Don't, don't lose your next bet with me. I'm making if it I around could... <laughs> you playing so much. Damn it. Um, if, it had a, uh, if it had an option for like a like a joystick to move the character around and the mouse to aim, I think that'd be the perfect setup. But I digress. Uh, I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, Round Guard is definitely worth your time if you're in, into that kind of thing or if you're looking for like a new Peggle game that maybe has a little bit more progression-based stuff behind it. Um, there's not much progression stuff, but there is enough there to keep you going. Um, I've really enjoyed the week I've had with it and uh, it's been a good uh, one of many distractions that I've had this week. So um, yeah, definitely check it out. Round Guard by Wonderbelly Games. But Iron I- I do like Peggle. So that's why when I saw you talking about it, I was initially like, my interest was definitely, you caught it. But yeah, mm. when I saw the Switch prize, I was a bit, and I, I always feel bad saying that because of course, I mean, it's a game and like you pay for what the developer made, but of I'm course. still sort of looking at it going, I don't know. It's just in that price range where like, I, I wish listed it. So when it goes on sale, which I still feel bad saying but if it does i'll look at it again then because i again i just like peggle peggle it's the all the roguelike stuff doesn't even phase me yep it's just i miss peggle for some reason <laughs> yep and this is this is just peggle like it is 100 percent peggle um 
Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, definitely. I, it's a shitty situation where, like, that we're in where it's like, you know, I'll wait till it goes on sale or I don't want to pay that much for it. When, like, you know, they've obviously had meeting after meeting trying to decide how much to charge for this game. Yeah. Um, and it sucks. And like, and, do... and, like, met at an intersection where it's like, okay, we can we think our game is worth this much. So I, I always feel like a jerk saying that, but yeah, I, it, it's on my wish list and I will be keeping an eye on it regardless. Yeah, you definitely should. I think it's a, a, a lot of fun. Uh, and again, if anyone out there has got Apple Arcade and they're looking for something new to play, I think it's one of the best additions they've had to it in recent memory. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, but, Kyron, we have played a game each that's probably one of the first big releases of the year, I would say. I don't know, man. I played Kakarot in January. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, no, it, right. it's definitely it's definitely the first one on the calendar. I think that was it was just like okay, video like 2020 in video games starts right here. Right yes. here is where it starts. Yeah, uh, and that is of course with Ori and the Will of the Wisps by Moon Studios, uh, first party Xbox studio, I believe now. Uh, Microsoft Studio, I think they got acquired by them. Oh, um, nice. uh, I'm pretty sure they were one of the ones that they got acquired. Um, it would make sense. Like, Blind Forest was really good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we, we talk about that briefly because we both went back and finished Blind Forest because we both yes, we did. hadn't played. I, I I was found out that I was literally about half an hour, 45 minutes away from the end when I left it, like, all those months ago. Um, but, yeah, did you? How how much did you put into it already with Will, into uh, Blind Forest. Blind um, Forest, yeah. I think I was three quarters of the way through it before I picked it up just like I think like a week or two before this dropped. And right. it was purely because I re- I have it on my Switch. So like... Well, I, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I've thought about buying it again on the Switch, but uh, I'm... Gl- it feels really good on Switch. Yeah, I can imagine it would. But um, yeah, I really like Blind Forest. I think it's a really great game. It's a great Metroidvania. Um, it has, you know, some things, some minor things about it, like... Uh, some things that I didn't realize w- I had issues with, like, and not big ones, but like minor issues with until I played Will of the Wisps and it was like almost immediate, um, jumping into Will of the Wisps, uh, for starters, I mean, Blind Forest looks gorgeous as it is, but it does. Will, Will of the Wisps looks stunning. This is like one of the most gorgeous indie games I've played. One of the most gorgeous games, actually, I'll, I'm not even going to put that that subtitle on it. I think it's one of the most gorgeous games I've played, especially considering it knows what its style is and it works within its limitations, I guess. Um, and yeah, man, ugh, it, this, this game, I cannot stop raving about it. I have had, I had so much fun playing it. I had moments of frustration, some technical difficulties and things like that as well. But all I of that. I- yeah. I was gonna say I, I do want to bring up the technical technical difficulties, but because apart from that, like I will basically gush about this game. Yep. Uh, and like it is, I'm sure it's something that will get patched in the future. And I do mm. think because there was a day one patch for the game, and I, I yes. believe on I'm not sure if it was on PC, the game was a bit rougher. Have beforehand. you have you seen some of the comparisons between like the the pre release version? No, no, no. no. Uh, I was watching a kind of funny games the Gamescast review on it, and they pulled up a video. Um. Man, that game looked a lot different before that day one patch. Really? Yeah, I highly recommend. Wow, Actually, I'm, okay. I'm, I should have really sent you this beforehand. Um, it looked like the level of detail in the backgrounds, like lighting and particle effects, completely different or non-existent. Wow. Like it's 
it's insane how different that game looks now. Um, I'm trying to think of games that have been in similar situations to that. Yeah, like it, it still looks like Ori and it still has the same feel, but you know how Will of the Wisps has like a very dark feel to it. Like there's lots of like dark moments and, and moments of darkness and things like that, um, but it's contrasted by Ori and some of the other things in the environment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That felt like, feels like it's a little bit lost. Um, I'll try okay. and find the video for you. I'll send it to Weird. you afterwards. But, um, um, but yeah, yeah I, the, the technical hitches, like they, most of the time they weren't a huge deal, but there were occasions where it would be happening when I'm in the middle of doing some of the uh, like pixel perfect platforming stuff. Of course. And like Ori would just sort of hang like frozen in the air for a second. I'm like, I guess I hold the input and wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're good. Cool. We can continue on now. And just yeah. again, it happened, and oh, there was one part where I was, I think I was going a bit too fast of the game. <laughs> okay. I was heading through the, I think it was the Luma Pools area, and just doing it, because yep. we'll talk about it when we talk about how well this game controls. Oh, just yeah. absolutely just destroying the platforming, like, yep. grapple hook onto a blue thing, launch off that, launch myself, um, uh, like, blast myself off of, like, a floating lamp and all that, hit the edge of the screen before I had started scrolling again. Mm-hmm. And kept walking forward. And when the screen caught up with me, it's like, oh, geez, I don't know. And just clipped me into the floor. And I couldn't oh, move. no. I was like, okay, guess I'll um, just uh, warp back to a, a, a fast travel point. <laughs> Which I, I'm very thankful you can do. Yes. Um, you can, or, or even, you don't even, you don't even, you know, you don't have to go to a fast travel point to fast travel. No, no. Yeah. Because no, yeah, yeah. that's how I did it, Joel. Because I was that's stuck in the ground. <laughs> I was going to say, the way you said it, I was like, oh man, I hope you didn't play the whole game. Um, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't realize until like halfway through because. Yeah, same. I yeah. was, <laughs> I, I had my, um, I had my collectathon goggles on. I was. Oh yeah. I think I finished on like, it was pretty high. I know I got all the health and energy expansions. I nearly got all the shards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Like, it, I was just like, because I think when my my final game time was like sixteen, seventeen hours because I just wanted to do more stuff. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I think mine mine got blown out because I left mine on. So it was, I think my final time was like thirty two hours, which is not true. Um, it would have been probably a similar thing, maybe a little bit less. I'm not sure. Um, in terms of technical difficulties for me, I had the same thing with like, it would just freeze every now and then for like a good three yeah. seconds. And um, it would just hang there. And again, it wasn't a huge issue, but sometimes it would happen at the most inopportune moments and it would yeah. be like a little bit frustrating. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so that happened to me. I also had, I think three points where I got kicked to the dashboard. Ooh, I had none um, of those. Three or four times where I got kicked to the dashboard, uh, which again, they weren't in times where it was incredibly dire. And I made, basically picked up where I'd left off. wasn't too much of an issue. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, the, again, like you said, those are the, the only marks that I could put against this game, really. Um, I think all the scores that it's getting are justified. Um, because this game is something else. Like, it is, it's familiar and it's just, it's, it's one of those comfort games where, like, you know, when you start playing, you get into the rhythm of it. You're like, okay, this is like games I've played before, like uh, Hollow Knight or, like, you know, Super Metroid or Castlevania. I can't believe that Hollow Knight was first. Um, it's just because it's listed on this, uh, on this Wikipedia article. It, th- that was first. But you know what but I mean? It's, like, it's, it's not like Hollow Knight Vania. Okay, uh, look, 
Honestly, though, I think it does borrow quite a lot from Hollow Knight. And I think it's really interesting because I don't think it was intentional. Um, because I think or if it was, it was a last minute addition, which doesn't feel like a last minute addition. Because um, one of the things that you have are a, um, you get you collect like shards, which are like abilities, and you have a certain amount of slots that you can swap in and out, which is basically like the badges from Hollow Knight. I mean- it is basically like that in the sense that it is exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is 100% that. Um, I do like the... I, it, it, like, it felt better. I love Hollow Knight. Um, I think this game is more accessible than Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight leans into its sort of, like, I guess, um, Souls-esque well, feeling of combat. I mean, it, it does. Hollow Knight, I would say, is significant. Like, this game... It didn't give me too much trouble. Mm-hmm. It was. And that's not a bad. It's not a mark against it. Like it's not of a bad not. thing if a game is easier. But yeah, Hollow Knight is definitely a game that is much trickier. A lot of it, honestly, just it's for the simple reason that Ori is way more maneuverable than Hollow Knight. Like it just is. Yeah, and <laughs> like, like Hollow Knight can like okay, I can jump, I can slash, I can like slash bounce off of enemies, and like gradually you will get more abilities. But it feels like immediately in Ori, it's like cool, double jump and launch and climb walls and this and dash, and it's like okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, which is interesting. What was, what was the button I did before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, there is moments of that where you're like, oh shit, what do I need to do next? Especially when you're there in was, the middle of a chain and you're like, ah, oh, crap, what do I do now? There, there was like two or three times when I would get stuck because, and this isn't, this is not me, not the game, because I'd be like, how do I get past this? Yep. This is, I don't get it. And then I would remember that an ability that I picked up an hour ago and be like, oh wait, I can do that. Because there's just... And I love it for this. There's so many things you can do by the time you reach the end of that game. It's so good. Well, here's the thing like uh, that I found really interesting about this game. Um, obviously, it's a sequel. It's, it, it picks up pretty much directly after, maybe like six months or so after. I think there's a Blind bit of a time skip afterwards because of the, um, the egg stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. So like the start of the game though, like with, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. cutscene. But when you, I guess when you jump into the actual gameplay, it's like a few years, I'd say. Um, but obviously you've played through, especially if you played Blind Forest, you've played through as Ori before, who has all these abilities. And that's always the challenge with like a, a, doing a sequel to a Metroidvania with the same character is, I mean, Super Metroid, Metroid does it well and wears it on its sleeve where it's just like, ah, you got to escape. Ah, shit, you lost all your stuff. Like, I mean, Super Metroid doesn't really like... She just doesn't have those abilities, basically, when she gets to Zebus. Right. Uh, the one the one you're thinking of is Metroid Prime. And even then, uh, like, Metroid Prime is like, okay, I'll buy this. Like, you know, she her, her suit got damaged. Yeah. The bad way of doing it is the Metroid other M way. Yes, it is. Where you have, you have the abilities and the game's like, but Adam said you can't use them. Yeah. But I'm going to die. Yeah, but Adam said. This white male character told me okay. I'm not allowed to use my characters and I have to listen to Fine. him. Fine. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I still maintain you can fix other M. It's fixable. That game oh, is fun. Sure. The story is a mess. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. 100%. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but I, we have. I think, agree. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have ranted about it in the past, as I am, I'm known to do. But yeah, I, I do think it's they, the way they sort of not really explain, but you get a lot of the power-ups you had again pretty early on, which just feels good. Yeah, it does the whole thing of like, I mean, spoilers for the first half an hour of the game, like the cutscenes, um, you sort of like crash land on a new island. And I think I think the narrative there is that Ori's still like a bit disorientated. 
and when like gets gets uh gets their light back from these like you know trees that have the abilities in them basically um and yeah I, like it, it the pacing of this game is really nice like it like like you said as well i didn't have too much d- trouble with it there were parts where it did bail me up for a little while um and i liked that it was like all right cool all right it, it, it was like humbling because like you are just zipping and blazing through these like stages uh and then you get to a boss fight and this is like well hold up fucking think about what you're doing here I'm like okay all right i'm gonna think of some strategy i'm gonna retool with my abilities it's funny because so many of the times a boss killed me was because I forgot about an ability I could use. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I guess on that, on the boss fights, what did you think of the boss fights in this game? There's like I, five all up, I think. I liked them. Um, yeah. I think some were more fun than others. Agreed. I think... I mean, my, my favourite one is the last one. <laughs> it's, not even, yeah. it's not even close. The other boss fights don't come close to that. Yeah, was the, the last a, one was such a good fight. Epic uh, does not do justice to that last fight, um, especially if you want to if you want to call out to my um to the Ridley fanboy in me. But yeah, yeah. Um, apart from like, yeah, that one was my favorite. I didn't mind. God, what was the the one that gave me the most trouble was the one that uh, I can't remember what it was, but I think it's in the forest where it's like it like well. Like bash the, the ground and raise the water. Oh no, that's when um yeah when the, this weird gross dark shadow thing has control over Qualock. Oh, oh yeah, go Qualock. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That, yeah. So yeah, that fight messed me up because surprise, surprise, I forgot that I could launch projectiles back at the boss. Oh yeah, Karen. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's because like bad I one. I had the first phase unlock. I would be like, cool, this is easy. Mm-hmm. I would heal a bit, but this is easy. And then they get to the second phase and you couldn't heal. And I was like, he's not, I, I have to like launch up and shoot him with arrows. And then I was like, oh wait, no, he shoots first torpedoes. Oh wow. He's, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, yeah, I, I, that one, I think I did that one first of the, the, cause it gets to a point where you can basically choose where you want to go. Oh, really? And cause I went, I did the spider first. See, I did, I did Quallock first. Interesting. So I, I, cause I, I did see a lot of people like, making the comparison of this with something like uh breath of the wild and that makes a lot more sense now so i think you can uh, as long as you've got the right abilities um because i ended up at the very the last area you're supposed to go to i made my way Same. through the whole thing yeah i think Same. everyone has i was talking to a a, a josh a good friend as well um to, to josh Enner, and he was saying he got all the way there as well. Went, nah, fuck, where do I go? I got there and the game's like, hey, you need the rest of the wisps. I'm like, oh, this is the last area? Yep. All right, peace. <laughs> um, but I've got this sweet new ability now that I can dash through sand. That's fucking sweet. Um, so useful. So, oh, so useful. useful. Oh, God. My favorite chase sequence was probably the giant worm chase. Oh, that man. was so intense. Yeah, that was intense. Especially at the, the, the very end of it when it starts to get narrower and narrower and you've got to just like oh yeah thread the needle oh that's one thing i will say in this game's favor if i was if i was going to mention one thing about blind forest i didn't like the chase sequences they weren't terrible but on a few of them i would just get to a point where i would die at a certain point like okay i get it i don't want to start this again start me here yeah and i i can't put my finger on why it honestly might just be because, and again, this could be complete placebo. I don't know if it's true, but the, t- the controls just felt tighter and Ori felt more responsive. And I just felt like I was more in control of his 
just his movement. So the chase sequences didn't give me as much trouble because I would just be like, cool, double jump, double jump, dash, grapple, like trip my, because I would always have the triple jump ability on. It didn't do much, but I liked having that third jump. Didn't use that um, once. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, uh, but yeah, just, just the fact that I could just, I was in control of where I was going almost all the time, just made the chase. I actually got to enjoy them in this game and that was really satisfying. Yeah. I think what it might've been is the fact that I think you're right in terms of like, Ori feels much more, you feel like you have much more, a better control over Ori. Um, and it just feels good to play, but also I feel like they shortened them and they expanded the world rather than just like focusing on these big epic moments because by elongating them, because I, th- I think they were longer in, in Blind Forest. They felt longer. And this one, they felt just the right amount of length where you're like, I don't know if I can keep going. And then, oh, I'm out. And you're like, sigh of relief. I'm <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. And I was never really, in any of these chase sequences, there was never really a point of a chase where I'm like, oh, where do I go now? Where's next? Oh, I'm dead. Okay. It was always like, cool. I'm naturally being led down this pathway. So I guess get to just enjoy the rush and the music. There were a couple of moments where I got, like, lost a little bit, but there, it was okay. nowhere near as bad. Um, but I think that's what's so good about those sequences, and by making them shorter, is it is that, like, learning thing. So you do the first segment, you're like, cool, I got through that. You get to the yep. next part, and you die, and you Actually. go, all right, now I know how to get to that part, and I'm I'm prepared for what I could think is coming ahead of me. I can start to, like, prepare for that. There was one chase sequence where it wasn't a huge issue, which is a little bit frustrating. Mm. And it was when I was heading up to the last area, you do that one with the owl, yep. where it's sort of stalking you. Oh, uh, yes. So I climbed up the pole and I thought I was behind that shade cloth, but I must mm-hmm. have been at like a pixel too high or something because it's, it's, it swoops down and killed me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Where do I hide? So I was just trying to jump further and further and, and like try to find a way around. And I went back to the pole again and tried, I must've been a bit lower. And yeah, it turns out I was too high on the pole because Right. I felt like the shade cloth was the way to avoid being seen, but the first time it didn't work, and I was like, okay, well then, what do I do? Um, again, not a huge issue. Maybe it was just on me, but uh, yeah. that was probably the only issue I ran into really with the chase sequences, or like the, um, I guess that was still a chase sequence. It was a bit more low-key and slow, but like I was stealthy, still being yeah. pursued. Yeah, I was being it's, stalked. I didn't even realize about the um, the shade cloth. I, I got to the point where I was there for like 40 minutes, and <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck oh, am really? I supposed to do? So I looked it up. Okay, like, it wasn't me. Of either, course, that's good. I was like, of course, the shade cloth. Yeah, right. Because um, that's I think that's one really cool thing that this game does as well. That I don't. I think they may have done it a little bit in Blind Forest, but this one obviously being made for like Xbox One and and X as well, and being at the end of that generation, having a lot more handle on their engine and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, having stuff happen, it's kind of like the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze thing of like stuff happening in the foreground and background. Um. Like there's a couple of parts where you'll you'll there, there's that like an in-game cutscene where you'll stop and look around and there's these um little what are they called? What are the little things called? Um, the 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 moki. The moki, yeah. There's little moki that pop up and they'll pop up on the plane that Ori's on. Then they'll pop up in the background and then there's been times where they've popped up and like looked at the camera and then back in the foreground. I'm like, oh wow, this is really cool. Uh, and there's another part where there's an enemy um uh that's that you're hiding from and it walks towards the camera and keeps going and it was i was like oh cool it made the world feel more than just a 2d plane at points yeah 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 i really like that i think it's really neat um reminds me of diggernaut and samus returns ah fuck you um tell you what i i was replaying samus returns recently 
Uh, didn't have as much trouble with digging on as I did the first time, so that was... Oh, that's good. That was a pleasant surprise. That's good. Still, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> fair. But, uh, Absolutely fair. Yeah, like, so... I got... We talked briefly about the controls, uh, and I think, yeah, I think that's what makes this game shine, is just, like we've said, how good it feels to play. Well, definitely. But I think it also is benefited by level design as well. Oh, yeah, agreed. Yes, yeah. Which which is where I can do my, my favorite thing that I was waiting for. I guess to mm-hmm. do a special shout-out to Milton Gwasti, who okay. supported the team, uh, was on the team, joined the team to support level design. And if that doesn't uh, sound familiar to you, uh, he, he was the guy who worked on AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake. That oh, cool. That was the, the 2D pixely Metroid 2 remake that Nintendo let get to completion and then shut down. Yep. So, you know, you're still out there. You can still get it. And it, I tell you what, it's still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he actually got picked up by Moon Studios to help with Will of the Wisps. And That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the level design is just really... it's. It's fun to progress through the areas. I was so often I wasn't fast traveling just because it was just sweet to just maneuver my way around the world. I agree. And you'd look at the map and you'd be like, there's a little bit of gray over there. The map Mm. is a bit of a mess. The map is a bit of a mess. Uh, And considering you have to pull it up so often, like I found myself pulling that map up so much to go, all right, get to an intersection. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go down here. All right, cool. But pulling the map up can be a bit of an issue. Sometimes that's where you get those Sometimes it would would hang. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... Ah oh, man, yeah, you're right. The level design is is very very solid in this, and it gives you like multiple. There's like a main way to do things that the game presents you with, but having those different abilities and being able to switch. We didn't even talk about that either. So instead of having just set abilities on the face buttons, you can switch those up at any time. So you hold oh, yeah. in the oh, left yeah. trigger, and you can switch around. So if you don't want to use the sword, which I use the whole game because it's so fucking absolutely. Good. I I used the sword because it was quick. It's quick and it felt good and it like it like the upswing and downswing on it the downswing especially is broken like especially when you get the deflectability for it as well oh yeah like it's that's that's how i finished off the last boss when i was just like oh wait i can deflect yep you're screwed mate (laughs) yeah it's uh like it feels as soon as you get it i like i did like two swings with it i went oh that I, i think i audibly went oh that's good like that's the good stuff so i think that's just one thing worth bringing up in general and it's another reason just why Will of the Wisps is as good as Blind Forest is. Like, this is way better. Because combat in Blind Forest, it's really, it's it's fun. It's fine. But it's really just, like, mashing the button and, like, shooting little blasts at enemies, really. Yeah. I, and, and you can, like, you can launch them with the shoulder buttons like you can in this one. But just the way the combat just opens up in this book, the sword, the hammer, the bow, like, mm-hmm. the, um, the spirit spike thing, which I really like yeah i didn't uh, use that just, much until the end like, but yeah it's really good and just all the little pins you can use to modify those abilities like the combat was just so much fun i actually enjoyed engaging with the combat shrines yeah it's yeah right like i i, and I like the fact that like you said it is just like mashing a button but it once you get comfortable with that you start sort of like i found myself seeing like the code and i'm like all right cool i can combo but these enemies that charge at me and like that are doing a lot of damage to me from like just jumping up and down or something like that i can combo them up into the air and then like jump and then do like a five hit combo in the air and finish them off without Mm. them even doing any damage to me yeah and just just... when you get to that moment it's just like god that feels good (laughs) yeah like with those abilities i was able to just dismantle bosses it was just 
the combat, like when you are in the zone and doing it well, is just so. It, and I have to imagine, not to do my own horn, it looks so cool. Like I look incredibly cool right now. What I'm doing oh, yeah. is amazing. <laughs> oh, that coilock fight! Like there were parts where like I'd be like jumping towards, dashing towards it, and then using the hammer in a three hit combo dashing back to avoid it and as i'm going back to like because i basically spent my most of my time in that fight on the wall went back to the wall and as i was flying through the air i'd fire up a couple of rounds from the bow and i'm like god this feels good i feel like such a badass that was me but i would use the um the spirit spike which yeah it's a bit slower but man when it hits that can the, the explosion is so satisfying Ah, uh, see, I didn't and have I, that at that, that point. <laughs> That's the only and, I, and I love the animation it has as well, just the way that Ori sort of, like, I guess, not, like, freezes midair, but sort of feels like that Ori, like, flips back a bit to aim it and then launches it. It just looks really yeah, cool to use. It, if, again, if you bring up Breath of the Wild, it feels like that, like, when you get the slowdown ability in Breath of the Wild with the bow. Yeah. It's not as, yeah. like, apparent of a slowdown, but you do have that little moment of, like, reprieve to sort of quickly aim. Um, and yeah, that felt good in that, and it feels amazing in this. So yes, yes, um, yes, yes. There's two more things I really want to talk about w- with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, what did you think of the story? Like without spoilers or anything like that. Um, I liked it. Yeah. It, uh, I like. Without spoiling, it's really hard. I liked it. I'll say that much. Yeah. There are certain story beats that I really, I really enjoyed. But to say what they, why I liked him would sort of be giving away a lot of cool stuff. Well, maybe maybe we could do a little spoilery bit at the end. I don't know, but like, let's see, let's see. I I look, I loved it. Here, I okay, it. I'll tell you what. Here's 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 why you can believe it. I liked the story. By the time I reached the end of Blind Forest, just because I was doing that last segment when you're chas- escaping the owl. Yep. I did that so many times. Like when I finally finished it, I was like, huh. I, I hate you. I'm glad you're gone. <laughs> yeah. And like, I know there's like a little baby owl the next one and I want to kill it too. I got into Will Lewis and I'm like, no, I love this owl more than anything else. No one touch it. <laughs> I think the first, the first don't half an hour of the game, near it. <laughs> the first half an hour of the game does that to you where you're just like, yeah, like, don't you dare come near this owl. I will protect it with my life. Don't you talk to I me think, or think my son ever coup? again. <laughs> is it, is yeah. Coup. Coup. Yeah. Um, coup. yeah. Uh, yeah, just, like, oh, the way that, oh, no, it's, that's, no, yeah. no, I won't say it, <laughs> I, but I yeah, really, I guess I, I liked the story. I really liked it as well. I think it was really great. Um, it made me, it legitimately made me cry. The end, the end sequence, like the end, like cut scenes and stuff made me cry. And I was like, this is fucking beautiful. I have thoroughly enjoyed this game. It was a perfect cap on the end of this game. And I just, oh, oh it. It was great, and I think that's why I cannot stop raving about it. Um, I just, it is a really solid package, which brings me to the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is the score by Gareth Coker. Um, holy shit, this might be one of my favorite video game scores now. Um, it's phenomenal. It's really good. It's, I I I love video game music, so. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of scores that I fucking love. Yeah. But this game is definitely up there. It's definitely knocking on the door of my favorites, for sure. Yeah, look, that's what I was like, curious I, to hear your thoughts on it, because I know I know, video game music is a big deal for you, and um, I... Like, yeah. The best way to, the best way to sort of describe where I was at when I was, listening, when I was listening to the music in this game was I immediately got... Um, 
I got Journey level vibes from how good the soundtrack is. Yes. Like, the soundtrack is so good. It, I was like, I like this as much as Journey, and I love Journey's soundtrack. <laughs> the the main Ori theme, the the, um, the the theme that plays when you get an ability from a spirit, like one of the trees. Oh so yeah, it's just and and the way that like it's they're all very similar like structured pieces and of music. The, the boss theme is also incredible. It's just yeah, it's a really good soundtrack. Well, that's the thing. Like it, it's all really like well integrated with each other because you have that main Ori theme and the way they integrate that throughout the boss fight song or the boss fight music or the escape sequences when they like add the whole like orchestra underneath it it's exhilarating like the yeah, first one sure. I did I was like oh my god this feels amazing I feel just pure adrenaline pumping through my veins uh, and <laughs> uh, yeah it's I cannot recommend this game enough. I honestly think if you've got an Xbox I mean, hey, One, it's on. It's on Game Pass, so like you have no reason not to play it. That's the thing. Uh, like I liked it so much, but I'm definitely going to pick it up on Steam at some point because I want to give Microsoft and Moon Studio money for this game. Likewise, I like it's just it's phenomenal. Um, I yeah. If you've been looking at it and going, oh, maybe I'll check it out. If you like things like Hollow Knight or or a, if you like Metroidvanias, then yeah, you should, you owe it to yourself to play this game. One hundred percent. Like it's just, uh, oh God, I. Oh boy, I, it feels I think, like it feels like that genre has been a dime a dozen lately. But yeah, this one's definitely one of the best. This is special. Like there's something special about this game, uh, and I know some people have seen said that they don't they don't really get the special feelings of it. I know the guys from um kind of funny were like a little bit like it's good. Like I really enjoyed it. There were really good moments to it. Um, but they thought it was just a bit more like more of the same and it is but i just think i mean it, it is it's it's a fair thing to say but yeah i just think it is more of the same but it's done better exactly like the moments where where it clicks and where it hits really hard it hits super hard like it's just man yeah ori and the will of the wisps is a big old thumbs up from me big old thumbs up it uh it just yeah I can't really think of anything else to add to that, really. It's just so good. I was so happy when I played it. Um, uh, again, like I said earlier, like because I said to you, because we organized to record on this particular night, I was like, okay, I'll make sure I have Ori finished before then. Like yeah. I could have finished it like two or three days ago. Uh, I got to the point where I was like, okay, cool, I can go to the last boss now. I'm like, no, I want more power. I want more things. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go test my abilities out and go to some of these nooks and crannies. Um, I did, I spent a bit of time upgrading the camp, like the little town. I didn't finish doing that. And I think I, I didn't finish I have... it. I like, did you plant any of the seeds? Oh, I did all of those. Okay. I did all the seeds. I did like all but one of the construction things, I think. I think I might've had cool. two or three I didn't do, but I'm, yeah, I'm legitimately just... thinking about going back and, and like just ticking off a couple of those boxes because this game is really good. Little bummed that I that I, I think you probably did as well because I know it's a pretty widespread issue. Not that I care about achievement points, that gamer <laughs> yeah. score, but yeah, the finish for game Chivo did bug for me and I didn't get it. Oh, I don't think I did either. Yeah, no, it's apparently it's a it's a known issue. Like I saw oh. Ray tweeting about it. You know, he's the achievement king. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is that is it's like it's a tiny issue. It's only achievements. Who cares? But uh, I think because I I got yeah. the one for finishing. The, the last chase, I think it was called. It's got a yeah. very specific... I think it's like being the boss. 
but there is also one for finishing the game and it didn't pop for me. I'm like, well, I did finish the game, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I don't care, but it would be nice to have it. Maybe there's a secret ending. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think so, Joel. Did you, oh, did you go to the, I don't know if it's technically a secret area. Did you go to the area down the very bottom left? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't go that where you, you got didn't? to open the thing. No, I need to do that because I didn't know how to get in there. The midnight borrows. Oh. It's actually the solution was that was when I when I realized it was a duh, of course. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I um, I, I if, since you haven't since you haven't done it yet, I won't say anything because I do think it's a cool little moment. Uh, and it was it was the one part of that game that really reminded me of Hollow Knight, where it's just right. like I need to go down here. But I'm going to. Yeah, that, that's it. That's like there's so, so much of Hollow Knight you don't need to do, but you can. Yep. The the the, the sense of exploration is just mm. at its peak in this game, and just oh, god yeah. damn it, it's so good. It's made, really good. Made me cry, and I love it. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this game. Um, any final statements? Play it. <laughs> yeah. Play Orion Will of the Wisps if you have an Xbox and you've got Game Pass. Like, there's no excuse. And if you, you haven't just played- download it and play it. If you haven't played Blind Forest either, you've got two games to play. Like I would, you don't have to play Blind Forest to play Will of the Wisps, um, but I think it's worth playing, especially to see like the comparison between the two. And Blind Forest is still a very good game. Um, it is. It's still good. Yeah. So, and they're both on Game Pass. You got no excuse. Go do it. It's great. Honestly, I, you can play Blind Forest on Switch. It's there. There's a demo. You know what though? If you don't have a ge- if you don't have Game Pass. Okay. For some, but for some reason, you would do a switch. Like there is a demo for Blind Forest on the Switch. Oh, do that then. Yeah. Yeah. Give it, give it a little taste, and you know, maybe maybe it'll swing you over. But yeah, this is like Ori. If you're look, if you were at the end of 2020, and I I'm, I feel pretty confident saying it's not not that it's going to be on my list, but if you were like, what 2020 games do I need to play? I would definitely be putting Will of the Wisps on there for sure. I think at this stage it's going to be on my list. I'm not willing to make that call. I'm not willing to make that call, like like 100% lock it in. But I think it ha- I, there's a strong case for it. Um, it's incredible, but I'm also at the point where I'm like, 2020 is going to be insane. <laughs> yep. And I cannot comprehend what the rest of this year will be. That's very true. But this is an incredible game, and yeah, it'll it'll definitely be a must play for 2020 for sure. No contest. Yeah, it is a. It- Don't skip. Don't skip. It is a it is a tempole in the Xbox catalog. I think it's just it, which is impressive. The fact that it is an indie game that is a, an exclusive indie game to like PC, obviously, but like to to the Xbox, that this is a tentpole of their of their like exclusives, and it's fucking deserved. And I know I know it took a long time to come out, but I do think for the most part it has benefited from being given that time. I agree. I mean, I'm still sad that it it like screwed me over for. Last year's um, uh, fantasy league because mm-hmm. like seeing the scores it's getting, I'm like, I could have had that, could have had those points. Um, but honestly, like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, I don't really care. It's fine. Like this game, let it cook, finish it, and it's beautiful. Well, Kyron, as much as I would love to uh, gush about Ori and the Will of the Wisps all day, um, which I probably could, uh, I think it's time we move on. Which means it's time to kick things into the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is uh, what used to be our question and answer segment of the show, but we sort of like uh, tooled it a little bit to make it sort of our like 
topics of interest. Like, like uh, last week, I described it as uh, whatever the hell we want it to be now. <laughs> like exactly, yeah. Because I mean, yeah. at a certain point, it's like the, the stuff that we're bringing up today. There's no point putting it in a dope or nope because it's it's just going to get doped. So it's just exactly it, it defeats the purpose. There's no stakes, so why not just throw over here, chuck it in a bonus round, and just have a good old powwow about it. Exactly, yeah. So this is uh, like you know, I guess the topics of the show segment of the show. Um, we've got a couple of things to talk about today. Um, starting off with, uh, early this morning at 3am, uh, our time in Australia, uh, we, before that, Sony put out a tweet saying, be, get ready for the, the road to PS5. We've got a presentation I coming. mean, it is also worth mentioning that before that, earlier this week, Xbox, uh, had, they put up a couple of videos showing off what their console could do and even had di- digital foundry at Washington, like Redmond, and they so if you haven't watched the digital foundry video it's kind of cool like they're actually sort of using the components put together the xbox series x console it's pretty neat yeah um but yeah, so um, i'm not sure if it, i don't think this happened as a result because i think sony was always planning this for the now cancelled gdc but it certainly lined yeah. up nicely <laughs> yeah agreed um well i guess the, you know the, the cool thing with the xbox is like the um removable is it the ram i think oh joel no 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 Okay, hang on. This is, a, this is a discussion we need to have when we run down the specs. I think, keep talking about what, the, what Sony okay. did with PS5, but yeah, I'm going to make, this is one part of it, and I'm like, oh, I get it, but I'm also sad. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, in response, uh, a couple of days later, we found out we were getting a presentation from Sony, uh, in particular from Mark Cerny, uh, the, uh, what's his title at the at Sony? I can't even remember, honestly. <laughs> He's like the, like the console architect or something like that. Some, some buzzwordy thing like that um but basically he's in charge of like the consoles and and how they work and and research and development into those sort of things um and he's going to be doing a presentation so already people if you know if you if you know you know like we were sort of prepared for this to be pretty tech heavy um there were a lot of people who weren't uh and obviously they were upset by this uh and fair enough i I, the way that sony marketed it was a bit so that is exactly what i'll say like it they were clear about what this presentation would be, and that's fine. But it was just sort of a way it was blasted from all their social channels, and the fact that the video was called "The Road to the PS5." Yeah, it it's just yeah, it just sort of sent out a me- a message, and especially when people when it was revealed that it was like fifty two minutes long. Yeah, I think a lot of people, myself somewhat included, but then also for, I forget Mark Cerny was like, can they really just talk about tech? Like the, the the tech behind the console for fifty minutes, of course, Mark Sony could. Of how, course, yeah. How dare I doubt him? Because you know what? Even though I fell asleep during, during that video, because it was honestly <laughs> it was I was struggling to stay awake for it, and honestly, when I realized what I was gonna get, I was like, I oh, was listening to Mark Sony talk. Mistake, because that's some soothing ASMR. Um, of course, he is a smart man. And he is. I like so many of the jokes going around, just like people watching that presentation, just going, is there a test after this? Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, this, feels like a, this feels like a lesson. <laughs> he has a certain charisma to him where, where you just could listen to him talk all day about just softly SSD like, run speed like, and. Yeah, yeah, all that tech stuff just into my ear. Yeah, so basically, in the long term, uh, there was a 52-minute presentation which focused on uh, a few elements of the of the PS4, uh, PS5 specs uh, and what that means in terms of the console itself. We still didn't see the console. 
Or the controller. Still haven't seen the controller. Or any games. We still haven't heard any games, apart apart from Godfall, which has been confirmed. But, like, um, yeah, I think all that aside, I think this was a, it was a decent presentation. Like, I ended up going to bed and listening to it in bed as well. But um, they sort of touched on three points. It was mainly the, uh, the SSD drive that's going to be in it and the the uh, AMD chip that's going to be running it, or chips, I guess, it's, that's going to be running it, and, and th- how they're experimenting with 3D audio. Um, so it, some interesting stuff there. Um, the 3D audio stuff was really interesting to me. I, I was like, okay, that's really cool. I, I can see they're doing some pretty neat stuff there. Um, and I'm excited to see that in practice because it is like, because I, I I don't know if he brought up HD Rumble or not. I think he said Rumble, but um, he was talking about like you know it can be seen as maybe like a gimmick, but it's really hard to sort of demonstrate this without actually giving it to someone to see uh, or hear in this instance. Um, but basically, they've got this like speaker setup where they put like a, this cap on. Uh, they've done it with like a, a thousand, a hundred different people, a thousand different people. Anyway, done it with a whole bunch of different people to get these different profiles. Um, these like listening profiles for these individual people. And from that, they've made like an average selector. So when you boot up the PS5, it gives you, I think at launch, they're going to have five options to choose from. And it's basically going through like a calibration thing where you put headphones on or you have your speaker set up and you go, which one do I like the most and which one is like working the best for me? Um, Yeah. And he was talking about stuff like, you know, making things like, at, like with like, like virtual surround sound and stuff like that, being able to have like, you know, it sounds like something coming from behind you, but you don't know exactly where it is. But with this sort of setup, you can turn and face and pinpoint exactly where that person or that enemy is standing because of the sound. And yeah, I think that is really cool. Because so, sound design in games is sort of an unsung hero sometimes. I mean, uh, it-, it was cool to get a little bit of profile on it. Audio, like, they haven't really done much of audio over the last couple of gens, really. So it's, it's cool That's to see true. them doing something. Yeah. Um, so that was the big standout for me. Um, obviously, the big takeaway as well is the uh, the SSD drive uh, in terms of, uh, like, load times and uh, being able to, like, access things a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, well, because that was something I took away from the Xbox One as well. A lot of focus, and I honestly am here for it, is just... The game's being quicker, like less, like especially mm-hmm. specifically the PS5. They mentioned they want to really cut out load times, which, yes, please. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. But even just little things like basically the game being able to like load areas better without having pop in and like tech. Or yeah. When when you when you any Ubisoft game when you're playing you're playing and you turn around it's like oh that texture's not in yet and not there quite. it is cool there it is welcome to the um, party it only took you a few more even, seconds even talking about like tips and tricks that developers used to sort of like within the hardware limitations that they have, yeah. like the duplication stuff was kind of interesting. Um, Definitely. You can tell it was a GDC talk. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, you know, it would be nice to see the actual console. Like Microsoft are well and truly ahead of the, ahead of the curve on this one. It would um, be. Um, so, what do you want to talk about? First? I'll give you two options, Joel, that we can talk about. Do you want to talk about the PS5's okay. backwards compatibility, or do you want to talk about the expandable memory? Look, let's just talk about the, the uh, backwards compatibility, because... Okay, we'll do that first. 
there is a positive in there. It's a positive. And I... I don't know. It's weird. So, yeah. Obviously, as part of this big GDC talk, they did obviously mention backwards compatibility. And they did confirm that there will be some PS4 games that you can play on your PS5. They... have they decided which ones they would focus on first was they looked at a list of the top 100 PS4 titles ranked by playtime and their goal is to have at least all those 100 PS4 games ready to go at launch for PS5 which is yep. good um, I'd be curious to see that 100 games see what classifies and how many of them are like Me too. Call of Duties and Destiny and stuff like that but um, it's still and again, like it's it's not really super fair because they never said that it would be fully backwards compatible, but it's interesting that they're still playing catch up with Xbox in this regard. Yeah, uh, it, it, well, there is a part of the presentation where they show like how the PS3 worked with backwards compatibility. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And the way that the graphic is laid out when they show the like the PS5's version of it, the slot where it had like the PS2 and and such games was like empty i like i don't know maybe down the track they are looking at it it feels like a misstep to not at least mention that but maybe they just aren't ready to talk about that yet well because i mean clearly it's still being worked on and again it does make you it more than anything it really makes me appreciate the wizardry over at microsoft to make backwards compatibility with xbox xbox 360 and xbox one games just a thing for their series x stuff it's and the fact that it like it just because I think they did talk a bit about this console and like how it will boost. It'll have like boost modes for games. I, I think, don't know. Yeah, yeah, and like well, they talk about the- like when it when you play it, it'll be like yeah, PS4 Pro will run in Pro Legacy mode and PS4 is PS4 Legacy mode and PS5 is yeah native yep. mode. So like, it, it it's a positive step, but I still am sad that no packing on my PS3 yet. It it lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting to hear Sony talk about like the fact that they tried to get some games, but that he was basically like the tech that we're working with is too powerful to be able to do that. But I don't know. That's the thing, right? Because like Xbox have been able to get a lot of this stuff to work. I don't know. Again, more than anything, it makes me appreciate their wizardry. However, they did that is amazing. Uh, Console exclusives aside and things like that, if you were if you were everyday Joe Blow just looking at buying a next console and you had some sort of information and, and knowledge of, of this sort of stuff that they're talking about, about as much as we do, but like, wh- which way would you go? Which Would you go with the Xbox Series X or would you go with the, the PS5? I mean, with the knowledge I have, the knowledge that I have now, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's no question, it's the PS5. Because right. the question becomes, hey, Kyron, yes, uh, where can you play the rest of Final Fantasy VII Remake first? Well, PlayStation. Well, of course. There you go. <laughs> like, it's, of course. It's a, it's a timed exclusive, but I want to play it first. I'm not waiting a year like it. Like, I'm just, it's just not a thing. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but but console, console exclusives aside, like, like do you... I, I think the Xbox is has a strong showing at the moment. It does, but I mean I I kind of buy for the exclusives. If I if I was ignoring the exclusives, then yeah, it would be Xbox because of Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Because that would basically that I would buy the console and pay ten bucks a month and just play whatever games are on there. But yep. yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, well, my next question is, like, when do we hear more about the PS5? Like, so I think that is one reason why this present. I I want to tinfoil a bit here and believe that's why this presentation exists like it does now because I think it is part of a plan. I think the right. reason it is it is what it is is because I think they must have had a plan for GDC and having this talk, and then maybe rolling out from there. And they're like, look, we'll just stick to it because. I, it, it doesn't make a huge difference that I know what the Xbox Series X looks like, but at least if I was to be excited about it, I know what I'm looking at. Exactly. Whereas yeah. all we have from Sony for PS5 is, yeah, this very impressive and very intelligent tech deep dive from Sony, and them being like, hey, our DualShock 5 will have haptic feedback and stuff like that. It's like, that's neat, but what am I looking at? And it's it's that funny thing where it's like, it's just a black box that's going to send it on my TV. But I just still want to know. Exactly. No. It, I, well, it's the same with anything. Like when someone announces something, give me something that, like that ta- you like tangible. Exactly that you're passionate about as well, and they they don't give you any information. You, your mind starts running wild. Like look at things in the past of like, you know, uh, in our in our friendship group, the tinfoil hat conspiracies about the fact that you know Final Fantasy VII remake is the whole game on the disc, like that, <laughs> all that kind of stuff is. You know, your mind starts to run wild until you have those, like, clear-cut facts. So, by not having those clear-cut facts, um, everyone's minds are still racing a little bit, and they're buying into rumors and and, and leaks and, and things like that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, there is one extra part to this that I think is worth bringing up, and it's one that it's... It sort of makes sense because you have to wonder. This is a story. A story, storage problems is a, an issue we have on PS4 to this day. Uh, yes. Like uh, Brennan, who's on the show occasionally, ended up buying an external hard drive for his PS4 just so he could keep his games. Yeah. So both the consoles will come packed with an SSD drive. The PS5 has a custom 825 GGB SSD. So I, I do like that they're being very upfront about how much space you have. For like, look, it's a terabyte, but we're going to go ahead and automatically subtract that 175-odd um, gigabytes for the OS. Because yeah, Xbox claims to have a one terabyte custom NVMe solid-state drive, which I assume the one terabyte is not including the OS. But, of course, expandable, me- expandable storage is going to be a thing. And Sony hasn't said too much about it yet. They have said that they will support some sort of expandable SSD stuff. Um, I think they're still hoping to focus on just letting you buy part, like just pick up a thing off the shelf. It would work function like that and plug it in. Sort of like how on a PS4, you can use USB drives and external hard drives. As long as they're formatted the right way. Xbox is going, it's a path we've seen before, usually Mm -hmm. from Sony. They're going the sort of like a memory card way where you'll be able to buy small like I think they're talking so far one terabyte expansion cards, but they will be sort of proprietary. So it's I cons- think it's concerning to consider how much that will cost. Microsoft has done this before, though. I think as well. I think I just, the Xbox always, 360 had like the hard I mean, drive that you had to buy for it until they upgrade, updated the firmware, like pretty like oh late yeah, probably. Into like I mean, I remember you, you can buy you can still buy official hard drives for PS4 and Xbox One. I, yeah. I do, I giggle a bit because I'm like, oh, that's like an extra hundred bucks for something I can get much cheaper. But this doesn't seem like it'll be an option. And that's, 
Yeah, again, it's it is weird. We don't know for sure yet. I mean, maybe they'll find a way to make the prices reasonable. Uh, but again, at the same time, it makes sense. It just I get Vita vibes from it, and I remember, I remember <laughs> buying my Vita and being like, "Cool, I got Persona Four Golden. I got my Vita. Let's go." And then I was and Vita's like, "Hey, where's your where's your memory card?" And I was like, "My what?" It's like my memory card. I'm like. All right, I guess I'll get a Vita memory card. What ones do I need? It's like, ah, oh, you need the Sony PlayStation Vita memory cards. Here are how much they cost. Like, really? Well, really, Sony? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this day and it's, age, it's always it is, a gamble. But yeah, in this day and age, it's always like a little bit baffling when companies do try and do the proprietary, like, extras on their things. Like, I mean, look at people looking at Apple in terms of like Lightning cable, and it's like, why isn't it USB C? Uh, USB-C is so good USB-C is very good Um, it is very very good but like you know Apple want to do their own thing and they stand by that you know to their credit they stick to their guns um, for the most part yeah I mean like like I said proprietary issues aside I get it because hell on my PS4 Division 2 is currently occupying 100 gig I've got 7 remake coming up that's another 100 gig like games are going to get bigger and yep. a terabyte at the time at, at this point is like yeah you know that'll probably fit a few games in like two or three years time who knows <laughs> well that's it yeah so like <sighs> the idea of being able to sort of plug in like a little one terabyte memory card in the, in your xbox series x is a neat idea and i think the, the way they sort of talked about it as well the idea is you can have a game installed on that and if you go to like a friend's place you can just plug that into the xbox and play the game from that i think yeah, I can't Which remember is, if it was them saying that it would... Or was, was Digital Foundry. It was one of the two. But if that's the case, that yeah, I makes think, it a lot better. I think they mentioned that it's mainly for Xbox One games and backups. So I think even if you still did that with like well, a, a Series because, X game, you'd have to like install it from that Because they, like, Because it will card. still be compatible with hard drives as well, but I know that's for specific things, like just regular external hard drives. Right. Okay. Maybe that's what I was getting my wires yeah. crossed. Yeah. yeah. There's a very good digital foundry video that I recommend watching. Uh, unlike Sony's talk, it's much shorter, <laughs> not as yeah. deep dive on it, obviously. But yeah, if you want to get an idea of how these two consoles are looking, I honestly do recommend having a look at that digital foundry video. It's very cool. It is. Um, it is very, very cool. But I think it's fair to say that now, I mean, we were always, when they revealed that the Game Awards last year, the countdown to next gen was on, but we are well oh, and yeah. truly on the road now. 100%. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we move on to our second topic for the show? I think we shall. We should. All right. Something we're a little bit more versed to talk about. Um, don't, don't be so sure for me, honestly. I, I, I'm just feeling like this is a bit more in my element. I'm feeling a bit more comfortable here. Um, so earlier this week, you know, aside from the uh, things like the, the uh, Xbox Digital Foundry thing and... Um, the PS5 sort of deep dive tech talk. In the middle of that, we also got a word of a Nintendo Indie World showcase. Um, which, uh, yeah, it's just basically a whole bunch of indie games that are coming to the Switch. And I love these. These are great. Um, I'm going to start off by saying this one wasn't one of their best. Um, this one was pretty good. <laughs> There's a couple of things in there, but like on the whole, it was pretty good. It, uh, I don't want to yeah. say it was it was bad, but yeah, it definitely felt a lot more no. low key. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I have some theories on that as well, but um, which is all tinfoil hat stuff. Uh, tinfoil hat, my favorite. <laughs> well, I, I will, we'll get into it now. So there was a rumor uh, like a week ago that um, got leaked that there was going to be a... Uh, basically, uh, on the 18th of March, there was going to be an Indie World Showcase, and then a week later, there was going to be a full-on Nintendo Direct. So, obviously, when this Indie World Showcase got announced, everyone was like, whoa, shit. And we won't know if there's anything going to like come of that until probably, I'd say, Sunday, Monday. Um, uh, I don't know, man. Nintendo likes to announce their Directs like a, like a day before, maybe. So Yeah, that's what I was being very generous to them. I would <laughs> say maybe... Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. That's sort of when we're gonna know. Um, and don't get me wrong, I am very excited at the prospect of that happening. Like, yeah, I so, am thirsty for a direct. Yeah. So my theory is that the, yes, it's an indie showcase, and there are indie games that probably could have been talked about that didn't show up here. Um, my theory is that we are probably gonna get that. Maybe not next week, but maybe in a week or two. Um, that full-scale Nintendo Direct, and those indie games are going to show there. Things like See, Silk Song and stuff like that. Even that, don't, like, I don't know, maybe. We do still have to remember the possibility of an E3 Direct as well, and they might save Silk Song for that. Like, if there's nothing substantial to add to it at this point, like, the one, I, the one I would think we might see is Sports Story, because I think that if yeah. that's dropping this year, it could be a good chance. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Silk Song's an E3 one. Same for Axiom Verge, or even later for Axiom Verge. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's um, very true. But yeah, it, 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 what I because it does feel like more than anything. Usually, there's a couple in this one we already knew games that we already knew existed. Yeah. These indie worlds usually are like, hey, look at this new indie that we haven't talked about before or shown before. They're very similar. I think uh, the kind Which, of funny game showcase that take from this side of things, like they're like. Here's a whole bunch of people that we know that have got some cool stuff that they want to talk about that you might not know about. Speaking of Let's which, go. Joel, sorry. Do you, uh, did you follow their new, their new Twitter account? No. So oh, Nintendo, the Indie World one? Yeah, they made a new Twitter account for Indie World. Yeah, I need to follow that. Yeah, so, um, that I, it's, yeah, so I think that's where we're going to be tweeting a lot of their indie stuff in the future. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. I like that. It's pretty neat. It's cool that it gets its own account. Yeah, absolutely. It's really neat. Um, So... Should we do a bit of a run through of what we saw? It was about 20, uh, 19 about minutes 20 long. Minutes, yeah. Um, and it was pretty like standard fare for like what you would expect from an Indies Direct. It was just like some pretty neat stuff here. Um, starting off with Blue Fire. Uh, it's a timed console exclusive for the Switch. Weird, weird. Way to, uh, the opening to this with this was just weird. Yeah, it was interesting. But uh, I, I, because it was just like a game. Everyone was like, wait, what? Yeah, What's what? this? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. And I feel like it, the game looks really cool. It looks like it a does. 3d platformer with some, like what looks like pretty tight combat. Um, interesting art style. That's about it. That's sort of what I got from that. I was like, okay, neat. Um, moving on from there, we got a uh, look at Boldo. So it's Boldo was a game actually I'd heard about. I don't remember where I'd seen it, but I'd oh, seen it okay. somewhere. Okay, it, cool. When I saw the uh, the Ghibli esque and like style, I was like, I've seen this game somewhere, but I don't know where. Yeah, it's got a yeah. The, the, it's very anime. Um, it's an action adventure RPG. It's a timed exclusive for the Switch, and it's coming in summer. Um, this looks interesting. There's some like cool like puzzle solving, maybe some like 
Studio Ghibli meets Secret of Mana vibes, in a way. Like, yeah, I I, I feel you. Yeah, I, I which I mean, fuck yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of fun. I could definitely get behind that. Um, but again, no, nothing, nothing that really got got the the blood flowing. Um, I definitely am interested in keeping an eye out for that though. But it'll be one of those ones I'm like, oh, that game's coming out this week. Sweet, maybe I'll look at some reviews. Um, next up we had I Am Dead. Boy, this name is, uh, I've already seen this name become a meme. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, this got a good chuckle out of me. Uh, but I, the concept of the game looks really cool. Now, now I need to look at this. Sorry. I'm going to do some research, some live research here because this game had, gave me very, uh, Gora Goa vibes. That's and fair. I can see, I can see how you would get that. I have a sneaking suspicion it might be by the same people, but I'm not sure. Oh, Joel, be careful. Uh, <laughs> I am game. Oh, God damn it. See, this is where the tough thing is, yeah, finding yeah an indie game on Google sometimes is tricky. Yeah, exactly. So the developer... Uh, it's the creators of Hohokam and Wilmot's Warehouse. There you go. So it wasn't what I thought it was. Uh, Wilmot's I... Warehouse was a game that you were looking at, I believe. Oh, is that that one where you organize stuff? Yes. Oh man, that game is still on my radar. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Yet, but... I, I'm pretty sure that's Wilmot's Warehouse. Um, yeah, that's the one. I just looked up a bit. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, this game looks really cool. It's all about like uh, this, like a uh, like a uh, like set on like this island town called Shelmiston. Um, it's got some weird mysteries going on about it, and it's about uh, a guy who used to run the museum there, uh, but he's unfortunately passed away. And it seems like you're his like spectral ghost, like looking into things, and you can like like zoom into like a room and then into like someone's bag to see what's in their bag, and then you can zoom back out and look through like yeah, it's it seems like an interesting sort of exploration puzzle game, maybe. Um, it's got a cute art style though. The gimmick is cool. I do like the center of the gimmick for sure. Um, I, it's definitely one that I'm like okay, I I. Keeping that on my radar because it looks very interesting. Uh, looks like something I could get into. Uh, then we had uh, uh, Bark, which is Bio Something Arc, um, but basically it's like it's a, a, a <laughs> it's a it's a co-op shmup. It's a family focused shmup though, which I think is a really cool point. Um, so it's got an emphasis on cooperative play, and it's like you're basically like pets flying around in like spaceships and shooting stuff. And I'm like, all right, it'd be fun. You know, this would be the type of thing if, like, you know, my son was, like, four or five years old, this would be the type of game I'd like to play with him. And, like, jump in and be like, cool, let's do this. Like, pretty simple controls. It's not super taxing. There's an emphasis on helping each other out or me helping him out in probably in most, um, in, in most respects. But, uh, I know, it depends on yeah. how good you are at shmups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, look, into the gungeon, man. It's prepared me. Oh, um, that's, that's basically That's a, a good point. And you played some <laughs> That's also true, yeah. Like I've I've got I've got a little bit of I'm not a hardcore shmup guy, but like I think a family focused one might be a bit more my speed. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a lot to take away from that one. It's interesting, but yeah, I d- didn't didn't uh, ring any bells for me. Uh, the next one is uh, Signed in Happiness, who are making a game, which I remember seeing that they were making a game, uh, and it's coming to the Switch as well as a timed console exclusive. It's called Freak Apocalypse. Um, I got some real South Park game vibes from this. I got the exact same vibes. Yeah. 
Which um, is funny because like it that would actually sync up with cyanide and happiness. Cyanide and happiness's like sense of humor. One hundred percent. There wasn't a lot of gameplay shown. It was more like a fake news broadcast with like a, a, an animated character and a real life person. It was kind of funny. It was exactly what I expect from Cyanide and Happiness, if I'm being honest. Like, that is a way to sell this game, honestly. It's like, hey, do you like Cyanide and Happiness? And if someone says yes, you can go, well, I recommend checking out this trailer and keeping yep. an eye out for this game because you will yep. probably enjoy it. I don't read Cyanide and Happiness as much as I used to, but I still Me get either. a chuckle sometimes out of, I'll see one pop up and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty Good. fucking great. I follow them on um, Instagram. So every now and again, they'll pop up and I'm like, ha yeah. ha, yeah. Oh, oh, ha ha, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I still believe they're doing depressing comic weeks. Oh, um, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those were, those were hard. Those were rough, those ones. They are um, rough. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a cyanide and happiness game. Stay tuned to that, <laughs> I guess, if you're interested in it. Uh, the next one is probably the, one of the ones I'm most excited about from this direct. I think you're in a similar boat. Uh, uh, Joel, pun intended. This, this, like, looking at the blurb for this game here is like, yes, I'm in. Hello, yes, I'm in. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a game called Summer in Mara. Um, I've seen this game pop up uh, on, like, being recommended to me by, like, Facebook pages that advertise Kickstarter campaigns. Because <laughs> I think Facebook's just got me down to a fucking science. They're like, you back stuff on Kickstarter, and they're mostly video games. It's true. Have a look though, at yeah. this. And I'm like, yeah, all right, fair enough. You got me. You got me. <laughs> You've pinned me. Um, but, yeah, Summer in Mara is basically it's an open-world sim game. Um, you, there's a whole bunch of different islands. I think this is only like 32 different islands you can sail between on a boat. Um, it's got a gorgeous art style and like really, really nice anime, like cutscene stuff as well. It does look quite nice. That I showed my wife this trailer and she was like, I really like the anime animation style. I'm like, me too. It's very, it's, it's weirdly unique in a way. It still looks the same, but it's weirdly unique. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, it has its own feel to it. I can't really pinpoint what that is, um, but it's very bright, very colourful. It's all about like you know living on an island, fishing and 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 farming and exploring mysterious caves and all that sort of stuff. All the uh, the bells and whistles you expect to see from a, this type of game. Um, you had me at just, farming. Well, yeah, yeah, they had me at fishing. So uh, it's. Yeah, I, I'm definitely keeping an eye out on this one. I was already looking at it on Kickstarter. I was like, maybe I'll back to Scream. Um, but yeah, I think this one's going to be one that I might add to my uh, wish list when I can as well. Definitely on the Switch. Uh, then we had uh, Quantum League, which I've heard some really good buzz about. It's a, a competitive shooter where you can basically, like, you run through the level and then you can rewind time and then you can use that ghost that you've just planted as, like, an extra player. Apparently, like, in practice, it works really well and it's really interesting um, and, like, a really cool idea for, like, a, a different type of, like, online shooter. Um, it's coming to other platforms as well, which is probably where I'll play it if I do because, uh, like you said before we started recording, the one thing that this has got against it is the fact that it's going to be running on Nintendo's online infrastructure. Yeah, which is not great. <laughs> it's really not. Um but an interesting idea, though. Like, I, I really like this. It's like, what if, you know, I, I got, like, real Tracer vibes from it. But Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Like, But mm. if, if if Tracer was able to duplicate herself using her rewind. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, who knows? Still maybe maybe not yeah. watch too. Yeah, it's still time, man. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, like, something to keep an eye on as well. 
Uh, then we had The Good Life, which we, I'm sure we've talked about on the I show think, before. I think we have. Like, new game from Swery. I backed it. I'm in. Sign me up. I missed I will, the backing I will day. ride a sheep. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, basically set in a town where there's been a murder and you're trying to solve a murder, but also at nighttime, everyone in the town turns into cats. Um, of course. Fucking, how many ticks do I need to put on those last two sentences? Um, yeah, I'm definitely checking this out. And it's looking really good, actually, I must say. The art style is really interesting. Every time um, I really... see it, it looks it's looking better, which is exactly, good. Exactly, 100%. Uh, then a bit of a, a little bit of a surprise. A uh, game that we already knew about, but... Good to see again. Uh, we saw the face of Sean Murray pop up again from Hello Games. Uh, and he was there to talk about uh, The Last Campfire. It's a new puzzle adventure game that's coming to Switch uh, and PS4. It got announced at the Game Awards 2018. Yeah, it's been a while now. <laughs> yeah, it was, a while, it was a little while ago now. Um, and I remember it was a Game Awards, though. And it was like, oh, shit. All right, Hello Games. Uh, fuck yeah, that's good. Um this trailer looked really good, though. I'm I'm sort of intrigued about what this game's going to be like. Looks like it's going to um, tug at the heartstrings and require me a box of tissues maybe at some point. <laughs> the trailer it's was very, good and the, so- and the song was nice. Yeah, it was a very melancholic vibe to it as well. And yeah, like you said, the song was like a, like an original song written for the game. Mm. Um, it's on my radar. I, I, I yep. like Hello Games. Like, No Man's Sky is a game that they definitely salvaged and, and saved. And yeah, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see how this turns out as well. Yeah, something a little bit more smaller scale and uh, a little bit more focused even, which will be interesting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Uh, then we saw Pixel Junk Eden 2. Um, which I think the Pixel Junk, one of the Pixel Junk guys tweeted beforehand that, that, to keep an eye out for a, an announcement. But like like half an hour or an hour before the indie direct sort of started. So I think it was sort of a given. Right. It's interesting though, because like the Pixel Junk series is usually synonymous with PlayStation. Um, Yeah, there's been a couple on Switch now. Um, think, the, the Tower I, Defense one, the second of the Tower Defense ones, Pixel Junk. I forget the name of it, but I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, but that was also yeah, that on came Switch. On but yeah, yeah, they started very much as a Sony thing, but I think they've sort of, much like that game company, branched out. Right. Um, this looks interesting. I feel like this would be a game that would benefit from a demo. I, I kind of want to go hands on with this to see if it's something, because they keep saying it's like you know it's a music based game, and I'm like, all right, okay. But then the game yeah. itself, I'm like, it looks a bit of a mess. I don't. Um, but it's basically the, the 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 world and stages develop in real time based on how you're playing, which is kind of a neat idea. But yeah, it's just it looked a little bit messy to me. I don't know. I think it's the vibe it's going for. But again, I think I have to go hands on with it. Yeah, I mean, some games it's really hard to get a real idea of it from a trailer, especially, honestly, especially Pixel John games. Yes, hundred percent. Pixel John games can be weird experiences, but I mean, I I don't think any of the ones I played have been bad. They've been different usually, mm. or they've been a tower defense game. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all in mashes. Of, even with the tower defense one, there's elements of other stuff in there as well. Like they sort of mash up genres a little bit as well. They're known for doing that, which is cool. Um, there was a uh, Feria. It's a card-based strategy game. It's got a massive single-player campaign. I did play like 20 minutes of this. Uh, it was one of the Epic Game Store games they gave away recently. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll give it a go. Uh, it was basically like a... Imagine Hearthstone, but instead of just putting cards down, you had to build land to put units down on. 
and it's all like hexagon based. It's it's an interesting concept. And I feel like if I'd sat down and like really put the time in to learn it, I feel like it'd be a really cool game. And I think on the Switch, it might even be a better like spot for it to sort of like just kick back with it. You know, you don't have to worry about any like real storyline stuff that you want to really focus on. You've just got to focus on the mechanics of the game and how they work and how you use them to your advantage. Um, but yeah, the cool thing about it is it does have like a, 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 a from what I hear, a pretty substantial single player campaign. Um, but yeah, I mean, if that, if that floats your boat, definitely check that one out. Uh, and then we also got a look at uh, Elder Souls, which is just another one of those games, which is just like, it's another one of those games. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, Kyron. Um, I mean, let's like, be real. When you hear Souls in a game title, like... Uh, looking at the font they've used as well, it's like, it's borderline on the nose. Like, guys, come on. Like, we get it. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Titan Souls because they described it as like a boss rush yeah, that's uh, Souls game, and I'm like, that's what Titan Souls was. I kind of bounced off Titan Souls. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. The, the art style's nice, so I'm a sucker for, for like that pixel sprite art. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'll keep an eye on it, but like, it's nothing expensive. Nothing, nothing really to write home about. And then we got a little sizzle reel just before the end, um, announcing that uh, things like uh, Blair Witch is coming to the Switch. That's a mouthful. Um. <laughs> Ghost of a Tale, uh, Sky, which is that game company's game they made for Apple. Uh, Kyron, how do you feel about that? Oh, uh, I wonder if I'll bring the microtransactions. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. It'll launch as a free-to-play game. The Switch eShop's not above that. Certainly um, isn't. No, but I mean, hey, worst case scenarios, I might check it out. Um, Sky Racket, which came out today as well. Uh, Super Liminal is coming to the Switch. Which I um, I definitely I want to check that game out. I think I'll play that on PC though. But um, I definitely want to check that game out. It's an interesting concept. Wingspan. Uh, oh, actually, Wingspan is interesting. It's a digital board game. It's a, a adaptation of an actual board game that I got told about by someone I used to work with. Um, it's all about birds, uh, bird watching. And I know that sounds very riveting, but apparently it's a really well made game. And so I was like, oh, cool. That's getting a that's getting a digital version of it. I might check that out because digital versions are great for learning the mechanics of board games because they usually have an, like a tutorial mode that shows you how to play. Um, for someone like me who struggles to sit down and read through an instruction booklet, um, that's really cool. But yeah, I, I was like, oh, that keep that one on my radar to have a look at. Uh, Dicey Dungeons is making the way to the Switch as well. It's a game I've talked about on the show before. It's a like a dice rolling roguelike game where you play as dice it's got a cute art style. It's got a really great soundtrack. Really, really good soundtrack, actually. Um, and some pretty good writing as well. Uh, and lots of like longevity and replayability to it. Uh, I might actually double dip on this and pick it up on the, uh, on the Switch as well. Because this could be another game that will take the take the throne off uh, Slay the Spire or Enter the Gungeon or what else have we been playing? All those games. Uh, and then finally we had our Bounty Battle, uh, which... Bounty Battle, re-watching that when I was watching some reacts to it. Did you see one from Guacamole in that? Yeah, I did. I, I assumed... I, at this point, I'm I just I'm not terribly surprised when I see indie crossovers like that. Yeah. I I, I meant to, to look into that, but I haven't yet. Maybe I'll do that afterwards. But yeah, I have no idea what that game is about, but sure, whatever. 
Uh, and then Moving Out, which is an Australian game as well, I believe. Um, it's coming out April 28th, and it's got a demo live on all platforms at the moment. Um, it's basically think uh, overcooked, but you're removalists. So you're trying to like move people out of houses and like stack their stuff in, in the back of a truck, uh, which is great. I think it's a good, really, really good idea. It's a, a good, cool idea. It's a fun idea. A good like progression of like the overcooked like vibe, taking something simple like cooking a meal or moving house um, and, and putting this like wacky cartoony anything goes spin on it. Um, and I'm just glad that catch co-op games are making a comeback. It's, it's mm-hmm. really good. Uh, I do think you can thank a lot of the the YouTube and Twitch streaming age for that. Agreed. Yep. 100% agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, and finally, the the one more thing announcement they had, uh, which I was excited for, but I understand why it might feel like a bit of a letdown to some people, is uh, uh, Exit the Gungeon. So Enter the Gungeon got a like pseudo-sequel. It's a sequel, but not really, because it's not an actual Gungeon game. It does things a little bit differently. Um it's already out on Apple Arcade. It was one of the launch titles on Apple Arcade. And I did play a little bit of it. It's really cool. It's basically instead of like a like going room to room dungeon crawler like Binding of Isaac, it's basically like a you're going upwards. It's almost like the reverse of Downwell. Um, but with gungeon mechanics and like randomized loot and randomized enemies and, and boss fights and stuff like that. Shoot 'em up stuff, uh like very very gungeon-esque things if you've played into the gungeon you sort of know what you're getting into here um but it's like a smaller scale game it got shadow dropped uh for 15 bucks australian on the e-shop um if i wasn't in the situation that i'm currently in i would have already bought it uh but i have <laughs> not yet uh you're, i i appreciate that you're staying strong yeah i am i am i i you better believe i hit that love heart button on the side of it though because i was like you are going in my fucking wish list because uh, yeah, I I did play a little bit of it on on Apple Arcade, um, and I did think I was like I could hook up a controller to this. It might be a bit better. Now I don't have to worry. I fucking love Enter the Gungeon. It's I and not just because I like those type of games either. That that is definitely a part of it. But I like the world and I like the characters. I like the art style. I like the music. I like the humor. Um, I like the fact that everything is made up of guns or bullets. Um. And yeah, I, I just being able to play like a new spin on that uh, excites me. Yeah, but that's all we got. Uh, like I said, I don't want to sound un like it was just when I hear one more thing, I'm always like, "Ooh, what's it gonna be?" Like for example, last time it was uh, was it was Sports Story? Have I finished or is it have I started last time? That's how they started last time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just always say there's always an expe- expectation with one more thing, and as cool as Exit the Gungeon is, and the fact that it did Shadow Drop, and it was its first like non-Apple arcade platform release, but still seeing it, I was like, oh, okay, it's Exit the Gungeon. That's neat, but it's not really. I think we all knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, it was really funny because like for some reason this week I went back to Enter the Gungeon and and was playing a fair bit of it. And I remember like hearing rumors that it was coming to consoles at some point. Um, and so I did a bit of looking around and it was like coming early 2020. And I'm like, that was all I found. And literally a day later, they were like, surprise, it's out now. And I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> it's, it's out. I think it's, it got launched on Steam as well. I don't know if it's out on anything else yet. Nice. Uh, time console exclusive. So it says here, but it is out on Steam as well. I know. Um, but yeah, that was the Indie World presentation for yeah. March 2020. 
again, it was a pretty pretty laid back presentation. Cool, some cool new games in here that I hadn't seen before. Uh, Mara was definitely the one that st- stood out the most to me. I think. Yes, hundred percent. Definitely um, calls out to me. But I mean, I guess for all my bitterness over the years, I I I think part of me is excited to play Sky. I. I am looking forward to seeing what that game company did next after um, Journey. But I'm also being careful to keep my expectations in check. (laughs) Of course, yeah. Because Journey is a beautiful, beautiful game that I don't think that they could ever hope to match, personally. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, I think, yeah, having this time for you to sort of, like cool down a little bit about about it and like going into it maybe with like slightly fresh eyes it's just been a bummer, a bit. but i have it's been out so long and i haven't been able to play it it just sucks <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah obviously i'm excited about summer uh, uh summer Rimara, and obviously i'm excited about uh, exit the gungeon um but yeah I, apart from that like it was uh, some other stuff that was like oh neat um but yeah, i'm cool that's with exactly that. yeah Every now and again, it never hurts to have an indie direct where you're like, oh, neat. Yeah, exactly. And, it, like, these are, like, first looks at some of these games. So, like, who knows? They could evolve into something where you're like, oh, shit, this is really turning into something that is really, like, tickling yeah. my like tickling and my fancy. It is just cool for Nintendo to put a spotlight on these indies. And even we saw some people who worked on the games introduce them a lot of the time, which is also very cool. Yes. Just, yeah, uh, I do. I, I like the vibes of these indie directs. These indie worlds, and, sorry. And a lot of, like international like yes. teams at this time around which is really cool to see um yeah i'm i'm, I'm That's cool. it was cool it was good it was nice it was good vibes low stakes good vibes low Bring stakes it back. good vibes god damn it um but Joel, no jokes i like someone asked me to describe animal crossing to them like how would you how would you yes. describe it and i nearly said that and i was so mad at myself that's legitimately how i have described it to everyone like i had like my boss at work was like i don't really get what like what what's the deal with animal what is it and i'm like low stakes good vibes that's all you need to know and he's like i like that and i'm like it's exactly what the game is it's low stakes good vibes and i think we all need some good low stakes good vibes right now absolutely yeah it is what the is the game the world needs right now but on that note current uh, unless you got anything else to add about the uh, Indie World Direct, I think that's an episode. Uh, no, I think I think that is dropping us an episode. So, as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast. We do appreciate your, you giving your time to us. Uh, if you want to keep up with us on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we are just Dialogue Options. Dialogue Options. <laughs> don't know what yep. I don't know how I managed to mess that up, but I did. So enjoy right. that. Happens, it happens. It's getting late. I had a you're late already... night last night for no real reason. <laughs> it's okay. You, you're already like sliding to island life, man. It's we're, oh, we're, we're forty minutes away. <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, of course, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, any sort of review or share or thumbs up or like, you could you could throw us. We do appreciate it. It makes all the difference. Yeah. As for our individual accounts, you can find me on Twitter where I am at LemonManX, and this one is a tweet that I have to tell you to go and look at yourselves. Okay. I read. So obviously, COVID nineteen stuff is pretty serious. I fully accept that, and I do appreciate. I do. There are events that are continuing on, adapting themselves to those situations, like how the mm-hmm. AFL is playing with no crowds. Yeah, this is from SmackDown. 
Oh, yes. So, I have seen this. So SmackDown's being done with no audience, which is just really weird for wrestling. They have done but, it before, though. It is, it's oh, been okay. done before. Yep. It's, it's still really weird. But, it's weird, um, but yeah. The one in particular I retweeted has someone's just taken... I don't know any of these wrestlers. I mean, I know that I know John Cena's in it, but he's not the one yep. talking. It's, it's just this guy sort of doing his usual sort of, I guess, wrestling monologue, but with no audience reacting or cheering or anything, this person has just played a song from the Twin Peaks soundtrack over the top of it, and it's just too perfect, and you have to <laughs> oh go to my God. Twitter feed to look at it. It's amazing. I believe um, I believe the uh, the the wrestler in question is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I believe. Um, I think you're thinking of a different one to me, John. Oh, am I? Okay, cool. Maybe I know. I know the one. I know the one you're you're talking about, but there's this is I've seen that one, but that one they didn't. This person didn't add the Twin Peaks theme to it. You have to go to my account right. to watch the one I retweeted. It's pretty All funny. Right. All right, I will um, do that. But where, where can they find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at Jolly Mac. Uh, where I haven't really been tweeting all that much. I tweeted about how much I just said like, fucking. So Ori and the Will of the Wisps is fucking fantastic. Send tweet. Uh, that's pretty much the last yeah. one. I've Look, it's, it's not. It's in. It's accurate. Uh, yeah, it is. Like that, that was, and that's, I was only, I was like a third of the way into the game at that point, and it only got. I only fell in love more with it from there. You could even have just ended that with like, that's it. That's the tweet. That's, that's all. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the the last thing I retweeted was from um uh. Jen Miller, or uh, Greg Miller's wife, and uh, the one of the founders of uh, Pop Agenda, the um, like, what are they called? Marketing arms um, of games. People who market games. Man, stumbled over that good, one. I'm not even doing the outro. Work, I Joel. fucking stumbled over good that. Didn't work. I? That's that's impressive. Oh, my brain just shut down. Then I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh boy, the, what the, uh, yeah, um. Yeah, so she she's from from that, and she just tweeted, uh, "Mark Cerny's voice is all the world needs right now," and I think it's a, a very nice sentiment to leave on. <laughs> but that's all. All right then. Well, in that case, I'll let a wonderful outro take us out while I sit here and try and think of an Animal Crossing island name. I haven't figured one out, and we'll catch you guys next week. Karen, I gotta go. I got a plane to catch. See ya. Bye. Options podcast.